Section 11 From Lala Rook, Part 1 The Veiled Prophet of Khorasan By Thomas Moore Read for LibriVox.org By Noel Badrian The Harem Between the porphyry pillars That uphold the rich Mooresque work Of the roof of gold, Aloft the harem's curtain galleries rise, Where through the silken network glancing eyes from time to time like sudden gleams that glow through autumn clouds shine o'er the pomp below what impious tongue ye blushing saint would dare to hint that aught but heaven hath placed you there or that the loves of this light world could bind in their gross chain your prophet's soaring mind no wrongful thought commissioned from above to people Eden's bowers with shapes of love, Creatures so bright that the same lips and eyes They wear on earth will serve in paradise, There to recline among heaven's native maids, And crown the elect with bliss that never fades. Well hath the prophet chief his bidding done and every beauteous race beneath the sun from those who kneel at brahma's burning founts to the fresh nymphs bounding over yemen's mounts from persia's eyes of full and fawn-like ray to the small half-shut glances of cathay and georgia's bloom and azab's darker smiles and the gold ringlets of the western isles all all are there each land its flower hath given to form that fair young nursery for heaven end of poem the toilette now through the harem chambers moving lights and busy shapes proclaim the toilette's rites from room to room the ready handmaids high some skilled to wreathe the turban tastefully or hang the veil in negligence of shade o'er the warm blushes of the youthful maid who if between the folds but one eye shone like seba's queen could vanish with that one while some bring leaves of henna to imbue the fingers ends with a bright roseate hue so bright that in the mirror's depth they seem like tips of coral branches in the stream and others mix the coal's jetty dye to give that long dark languish to the eye which make the maids whom kings are proud to cull from fair circassia's veils so beautiful all is in motion rings and plumes and pearls are shining everywhere some younger girls are gone by moonlight to the garden beds to gather fresh cool chaplets for their heads gay creatures sweet though mournful tis to see how each prefers a garland from that tree which brings to mind her childhood's innocent day and the dear fields and friendships far away the maid of india blessed again to hold in her lap the champak's leaves of gold thinks of the time when by the ganges flood her little playmate scattered many a bud upon her long black hair with glossy gleam just dripping from the consecrated stream 
while the young arab haunted by the smell of her own mountain flowers as by a spell the sweet alkaya and that courteous tree which bows to all who seek its canopy sees called up round her by these magic scents the well the camels and her father's tents sighs for the home she left with little pain and wishes even its sorrows back again End of poem Azim's Temptation Meanwhile, through vast illuminated halls, silent and bright, where nothing but the falls of fragrant waters, gushing with cool sound from many a jasper fount, is heard around, young Azim roams bewildered, nor can guess what means this maze of light and loneliness here the way leads o'er tessellated floors or mats of cairo through long corridors where ranged in cassolettes and silver urns sweet wood of aloe or of sandal burns and spicy rods such as illume at night the bowers of tibet send forth odorous light like perry's wands when pointing out the road for some pure spirit to its blessed abode and here at once the glittering saloon bursts on his sight boundless and bright as noon where in the midst reflecting back the rays in a broken rainbow a fresh fountain plays high as the enamelled cupola which towers all rich with arabesques of gold and flowers and the mosaic floor beneath shines through the sprinkling of that fountain's silvery dew like the wet and glistening shells of every dye that on the margin of the red sea lie here too he traces the kind visitings of woman's love in those fair living things of land and wave whose fate in bondage thrown for their weak loveliness is like her own on one side gleaming with a sudden grace through water brilliant as the crystal vase in which it undulates small fishes shine like golden ingots from a fairy mine while on the other latticed lightly in with odiferous wood of comorin each brilliant bird that wings the air is seen gay sparkling luries such as gleam between the crimson blossoms of the coral tree in the warm isles of india's sunny sea mecca's blue sacred pigeon and the thrush of hindostan whose holy warblings gush at evening from the tall pagoda's top those golden birds that in the spice time drop about the gardens drunk with that sweet food whose scent hath lured them o'er the summer flood and those that under araby's soft sun build their high nests of budding cinnamon in short all rare and beauteous things that fly through the pure element here calmly lie sleeping in light like the green birds that dwell in eden's radiant fields of asphodel
so on through scenes past all imagining more like the luxuries of that impious king whom death's dark angel with his lightning torch struck down and blasted even in pleasure's porch than the pure dwelling of a prophet sent armed with heaven's sword for man's enfranchisement young azim wondered looking sternly round his simple garb and war-boots clanking sound but ill according with the pomp and grace and silent lull of that voluptuous place end of poem bendemir's stream there's a bower of roses by bendemir's stream and the nightingale sings round it all the day long in the time of my childhood twas like a sweet dream to sit in the roses and hear the bird's song the bower and its music i never forget but oft when alone in the bloom of the year i think is the nightingale singing there yet are the roses still bright by the calm bendemere no the roses soon withered that hung o'er the wave but some blossoms were gathered while freshly they shone and the dew was distilled from their flowers that gave all the fragrance of summer when summer was gone thus memory draws from delight here it dies an essence that breathes of its many a year thus bright to my soul as twas then to my eyes is that bower on the banks of the calm bendemere end of poem song a spirit there is whose fragrant sigh is burning now through earth and air where cheeks are blushing the spirit is nigh where lips are meeting the spirit is there his breath is the soul of flowers like these and his floating eyes oh they resemble blue water lilies when the breeze is making the stream around them tremble hail to thee hail to thee kindling power spirit of love spirit of bliss thy holiest time is the moonlight hour and there never was moonlight so sweet as this by the fair and brave who blushing unite like the sun and wave when they meet at night by the tear that shows when passion is nigh as the raindrop flows from the heat of the sky by the first love-beat of the youthful heart by the bliss to meet and the pain to part by all that thou hast to mortals given which oh could it last this earth were heaven we call thee hither entrancing power spirit of love spirit of bliss thy holiest time is the moonlight hour and there never was moonlight so sweet as this End of poem. Zelika's farewell. Oh, curse me not! She cried as wild he tossed his desperate hand towards heaven, though I am lost. Think not that guilt, that falsehood, made me fall. No, no, twas grief, twas madness, did it all. Nay, doubt me not, though all thy love hath ceased. I know it hath, 
yet believe at least that every spark of reason's light must be quenched in this brain ere i could stray from thee they told me thou wert dead why azim why did we not both of us that instant die when we were parted oh couldst thou but know with what a deep devotedness of woe i wept thy absence o'er and o'er again thinking of thee still thee till thought grew pain and memory like a drop that night and day falls cold and ceaseless wore my heart away didst thou but know how pale i sat at home my eyes still turned the way thou wert to come and all the long long night of hope and fear thy voice and step still sounding in my ear o god thou wouldst not wonder that at last when every hope was all at once o'ercast when i heard frightful voices round me say azim is dead this wretched brain gave way and i became a wreck at random driven without one glimpse of reason or of heaven all wild and even this quenchless love within turned to foul fires to light me into sin thou pitiest me i knew thou wouldst that sky hath naught beneath it half so lorn as i the fiend who lured me hither hissed come near or thou too thou art lost if he should hear told me such things oh with such devilish art as would have ruined even a holier heart of thee and of that ever radiant sphere where blessed at length if i but served him here i should forever live in thy dear sight and drink from those pure eyes eternal light think think how lost how maddened i must be to hope that guilt could lead to god or thee thou weepest for me do weep oh that i durst kiss off that tear but no these lips are cursed they must not touch thee one divine caress one blessed moment of forgetfulness i've had within those arms and that shall lie shrined in my soul's deep memory till i die the last of joy's last relics here below the one sweet drop in all this waste of woe my heart has treasured from affection's spring to soothe and cool its deadly withering but thou yes thou must go forever go this place is not for thee for thee oh no did i but tell thee half thy tortured brain would burn like mine and mine go wild again enough that guilt reigns here that hearts once good now tainted chilled and broken are his food enough that we are parted that there rolls a flood of headlong fate between our souls whose darkness severs me as wide from thee as hell from heaven to all eternity End of poem.
the caliph's host ne'er did the march of mahadi display such pomp before not even when on his way to mecca's temple when both land and sea were spoiled to feed the pilgrim's luxury when round him mid the burning sands he saw fruits of the north in icy freshness thaw and cooled his thirsty lip beneath the glow of mecca's sun with urns of persian snow nor e'er did armament more grand than that pour from the kingdom of the caliphate first in the van the people of the rock on their light mountain steeds of royal stock then chieftains of damascus proud to see the flashing of their swords rich marquetry men from the regions near the volga's mouth mixed with the rude black archers of the south and indian lances in white turbaned ranks from the far sind or atok's sacred banks with dusky legions from the land of myrrh and many a mace-armed moor and mid-sea islander nor less in number though more new and rude in warfare school was the vast multitude that fired by zeal or by oppression wronged round the white standard of the impostor thronged beside his thousands of believers blind burning and headlong as the samuel wind many who felt and more who feared to feel the bloody islamites converting steel flocked to his banner chiefs of the uzbek race waving their heron crests with martial grace turkomans countless as their flocks led forth from the aromatic pastures of the north wild warriors of the turquoise hills and those who dwell beyond the everlasting snows of hindu kosh in stormy freedom bred their fort the rock their camp the torrent's bed but none of all who owned the chieftain's command rushed to the battlefield with bolder hand or sterner hate than iran's outlawed man her worshippers of fire all panting then for vengeance on the accursed saracen vengeance at last for their dear country spurned her throne usurped and her bright shrines o'erturned from yezid's eternal mansion of the fire where aged saints in dreams of heaven expire from badku and those fountains of blue flame that burn into the caspian fierce they came careless for what or whom the blow was sped so vengeance triumphed and their tyrants bled end of poem the battle twice hath the sun upon their conflict set and risen again and found them grappling yet while streams of carnage in his noontide blaze smoke up to heaven hot as that crimson haze by which the prostrate caravan is awed in the red desert when the wind's abroad on swords of god the panting caliph calls thrones for the living heaven for him who falls 
on brave avengers on mokana cries and eblis blast the recreant slave that flies now comes the brunt the crisis of the day they clash they strive the caliph's troops give way mokana's self plucks the black banner down and now the orient world's imperial crown is just within his grasp when hark that shout some hand hath checked the flying muslim's rout and now they turn they rally at their head a warrior like those angel youths who led in glorious panoply of heaven's own mail the champions of the faith through beda's vale bold as if gifted with ten thousand lives turns on the fierce pursuer's blades and drives at once the multitudinous torrent back while hope and courage kindle in his track and at each step his bloody falchion makes terrible vistas through which victory breaks in vain mokana midst the general flight stands like the red moon on some stormy night among the fugitive clouds that hurrying by leave only her unshaken in the sky in vain he yells his desperate curses out deals death promiscuously to all about to foes the charge and coward friends that fly and seems of all the great arch enemy the panic spreads a miracle throughout the muslim ranks a miracle they shout all gazing on that youth whose coming seems a light a glory such as breaks in dreams and every sword true as o'er billows dim the needle tracks the lodestar following him right towards mokana now he cleaves his path impatient cleaves as though the bolt of wrath he bears from heaven withheld its awful burst from weaker heads and souls but half-way cursed to break o'er him the mightiest and the worst but vain his speed though in that hour of blood had all god's seraphs round mokana stood with swords of fire ready like fate to fall mokana's soul would have defied them all yet now the rush of fugitives too strong for human force hurries even him along in vain he struggles mid the wedged array of flying thousands he is borne away and the sole joy his baffled spirit knows in this forced flight is murdering as he goes as a grim tiger whom the torrent's might surprises in some parched ravine at night turns even in drowning on the wretched flocks swept with him in that snow flood from the rocks and to the last devouring on his way bloodies the stream he hath not power to stay end of poem mokana's feast twas more than midnight now a fearful pause had followed the long shouts the wild applause that lately from the royal gardens burst where the veiled demon held his feast accursed when zelica alas poor ruined heart in every horror doomed to bear its part 
was bidden to the banquet by a slave who while his quivering lip the summons gave grew black as though the shadows of the grave compassed him round and ere he could repeat his message through fell lifeless at her feet shuddering she went a soul felt pang of fear a presage that her own dark doom was near roused every feeling and brought reason back once more to writhe her last upon the rack all round seemed tranquil even the foe had ceased as if aware of the demoniac feast his fiery bolts and though the heavens looked red twas but some distant conflagration spread but hark she stops she listens dreadful tone tis her tormentors laugh and now a groan a long death groan comes with it can this be the place of mirth the bower of revelry she enters holy allah what a sight was there before her by the glimmering light of the pale dawn mixed with the flare of brands that round lay burning dropped from lifeless hands she saw the board in splendid mockery spread rich censers breathing garlands overhead the urns the cups from which they late had quaffed all gold and gems but what had been the draught oh who needs ask that saw those livid guests with their swollen heads sunk blackening on their breasts or looking pale to heaven with glassy stare as if they sought but saw no mercy there as if they felt though poison racked them through remorse the deadlier torment of the two while some the bravest hardiest in the train of their false chief who on the battle plain would have met death with transport by his side here mute and helpless gasped but as they died looked horrible vengeance with their eyes last strain and clenched the slackening hand at him in vain end of poem this recording is in the public domain